0: May we turn in our Bibles to Genesis, the 32nd chapter, verse 27, 28. And he said unto him, What is thy name? What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for a prince hast thou for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed I've been giving you this series of messages on the patriarch Jacob similar to the ones that I delivered a year ago on on Moses and as I've indicated so much of the Jacob report deals with family affairs. Jacob had a brother. He cheated him. He lied to him. He deceived him. Stole his birthright. He was given the name Jacob because he was a supplanter. A supplanter. Moved in and took over. And after he had so wronged his brother, and his brother Esau decided to kill him, then his mother, who loved him, told him that he should go off up to their people and flee away, which he did. And after those 20 years, the Lord appeared to Jacob and said, Now Jacob, go back down to thy kinsmen, go back to your father, and I'll bless thee. And so Jacob obeyed the lord and he went and as he went with all his herds all his flocks all his cattle all his sheep he had his wives and his 11 sons last week we saw the drama and the emotion of the meeting of these two brothers after 20 years and god had changed the attitude of esau And Esau did not need to be appeased. He did not need to be uh, in any way purchased by the gifts of Jacob. But God was dealing with Jacob. And today I want to get into the depths, if I can, of this personal encounter. I don't like to use that word because it's being used today on every hand in false ways. But this personal, direct, Struggle which Jacob has with himself and with his God. And it's right in the very midst of this uh, conflict which Jacob is having in his own mind about Esau and would Esau receive him or would Esau fight him, would Esau kill him. It's right in the midst of this tremendous uh, buildup of 20 years that God speaks to Jacob. And I want to go into the experience which Jacob has now with the Lord, with God. And the first thing that we must recognize is that God dealt with Jacob alone. The second thing we must recognize is that God afflicted Jacob, and he was a cripple the rest of his life. And the third thing we must see is that God changed the name of Jacob. It's very interesting. At the end of this account, after God has asked Jacob, the Lord says, Jacob, what's your name? And he told him, he says, I'm going to change your name. Jacob says, well, what is your name? Tell me what your name is. And the Lord doesn't tell Jacob what his name is because it's very, very plain that the Lord doesn't Intend to say any more than what he's already said. Jacob already knows that he's been struggling with the Lord. Who had the right to change the name of Jacob to Israel? Who had the right to enter in and say, Jacob, no longer you'll be called Jacob. You're going to be called Israel from now on. Who has the dominion in this area to deal with Jacob? Just the Lord. And Jacob turns and he says, I've met with the Lord face to face and I'm still alive. I've been struggling with the Lord, he says. And then when he went out here and built his first altar, the next altar that Jacob erected from that moment, he called it the Lord or God Elohim Israel. God, the God of Israel, Elohim. And he erected his first altar after his presentation and confrontation with the Almighty God and it was the name of Elohim, the Almighty God, the God of power, the God that Abraham saw. Elohim is the name that he gave after this encounter with God. Now, beloved, let's face to up to the reality that God deals with each one of us alone. Let's face it. He makes us, we're created as he designed and as he planned. We have nothing to do with these ordinances of creation which are in his control. And you are what you are today in your physical existence and as you have come into this old world in the 20th century because God made you and God placed you here. And he put you here as an entity, as an individual, as a single soul. You're not a collective, you're not a, some sort of a collective complex with a half a dozen souls wrapped up in you with conflicts no you're one and god deals with us as individuals and when god came to deal with jacob in this tremendous hour of his concern God let his children and his uh, wives and everything he had pass over the brook and Jacob was there alone and before Jacob could move, the Lord came to him in this form which you have here and began to wrestle and Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night. It was until the rising of the dawn, it wasn't until then till this struggle was over and it was an all-night affair. Beloved, we are coming face to face with some of the great realities of Scripture as God deals with us, and that is that God is the one who comes to you and you have to face Him. You have to give an account to Him. You have to be confronted with His demands upon you. And there are times when you need to have the kind of a struggle that Jacob has here with God. I don't know whether you people have ever had experiences like this or not, but if you haven't, you ought to have I can remember so well when I was a little lad, when things would arise and I'd begin to say things or I'd begin to assert myself or I'd begin to do so. You know what my mother used to say to me? She said, Son, you better go off by yourself and have a session with the Lord. You better go off by yourself and have a session with the Lord. And Jacob had a session with the Lord. And it lasted all night. And Jacob struggled. Now, what was the conversation? What went on? That is not revealed. But one thing is certain, that Jacob was struggling and Jacob was confronting the Lord with the condition that faced him here. And, beloved, we don't know. But we do know that Jacob had offered a prayer to the Lord just previous to this. And last Sunday I read you that prayer and I studied that prayer to you. And that prayer had in it these elements of struggle, these elements of sin, these elements of promise, these elements revealed which would reveal the true desire in the heart of this person, Jacob. Have you ever heard it said that if you go to hear a sermon, it ought to stay with you at least a week? I've heard it said many times, and you know, it used to be that when you come home from Sunday school, you're supposed to sit at the dinner table and give your mother and father the outline of the preacher's sermon. And son, I've had three points already in this sermon. Can you tell me what they are? Maybe I'll ask you a little later about it. But beloved, that sermon that your pastor preached last Sunday has been with me all week, just with me. And I want you to turn back to that 32nd chapter and look at verse 9 and look at this prayer that Jacob prayed. This is our kind of praying. This is New Testament kind of praying. This is the praying of the individual. And Jacob said, verse 9, O oh God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidest unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. Lord, I'm on my way back to where you told me to go. I'm on my way back to my kindred and back to my country. Now, Lord, I'm in trouble. Here comes Esau. I am not worthy of the least of thy mercies and of all the truth that thou hast showed unto thy servant. And, beloved, if you understand God's mercy to you as an individual, your family, your home, you are not worthy of these mercies. And if you understand the truth that God has been pleased to reveal to us in the Holy Scriptures and in Jesus Christ, his Son, we are not worthy of the truth that God has put in our hands that it might bless our souls and that we might believe to the uh, blessings of eternal life. Thou hast showed unto thy servant, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan. When I came by this place twenty years ago, Lord, I was alone and I just had a crooked stick. But now I've come back after twenty years and I have bands and I have flocks and I have wives and I have eleven sons here. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother of my children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. That was the prayer of Jacob. And Jacob said, Lord, you told me you'd do me good, and now I'm in the midst of trouble. Get me out of my troubles. Give me deliverance from my trouble." Well, beloved, I want to tell you people this morning that oftentimes a great deal of our troubles center inside of us. And you wouldn't be in a lot of the trouble you're in if you hadn't done some of the things you've done. And one of the best ways for God to get you out of your troubles is to get you straightened out. And that's what God did with Jacob. And it's in answer to the prayer of Jacob that the Lord came to him and he wrestled with him all night. Beloved, there are many things in life that nobody can face up to but you yourself and you can't run away from them. And one of the things in life that we all have to face up to is God, his claims, his law, and what he has over us to serve him. We cannot Hide from god we have to face up to him and beloved when you see in this in jacob oh how precious it is this is why you and i need to get on our knees alone and go into our closets and that's why you need to pray and oh some of you women that have trials and troubles only god can help you go to him and let him help you yeah. and some of you men that have troubles and trials there you need to go off and have a session with the lord And you need to talk to him. You need to pray to him. You need to deal with him. My, oh my, when you think about the world about us and you've seen men in times past, and I've heard some of the stories. old Harvey Springer used to tell me that the greatest thing in the world he could do would be go up in the mountains by himself and just be with the Lord. Just go up and look at the mountains and then see the Lord and think over a lot of things. Or just go down to the beach, if you will, down to Atlantic City or down to Cape May and see the sunsets and the sunrise. And there you are alone with the Lord and talk to him and let him wrestle with you. What is it in you that needs to be clarified and cleansed and purified? God can do it! And it's this individual relationship to God that I'm appealing to you for right now. I can only come to a certain place. I can only come to the door of your mind or the door of your ears, and I stop there. And your friends can only come so, pl- so close. But the Spirit of God can search you and try you and see if there be any wicked way in you. And Jacob was taken alone by God and got down. Now, beloved, in that dealing that night, all oh, that struggle through those long hours of the night when Jacob was struggling, the Lord decided that in order to put Jacob down where he belonged, in order to put Jacob in the place where this thing that's been in Jacob all these years could be properly mortified and properly brought into subjection, God decided that he needed to cripple this man, Jacob, And we read, if you'll notice in this account, these little words. And he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And from that time on to the end of his days, Jacob had a joint that was troubled and he was a cripple. God Almighty touched Jacob and he touched him in the thigh and his bone was out of joint and Jacob had to carry that affliction with him because God knew that he needed it. Oh, beloved, let's go now into some of these things that are in the Bible in relationship to God's dealings with us. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness hath afflicted me. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy statutes. And whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and affliction and chastening for the believer, beloved, is not always a sign of judgment. It is a sign of the Lord's gracious concern for you. And we know that no tribulation, no affliction at the present moment may seem too good, but afterward it worketh the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. And I'm sure Jacob was properly exercised by his thigh being out of joint. Beloved, when affliction comes and it comes in the providences of God, remember God is dealing with you to bring you closer to himself. Beloved, When it does come, it worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that is given unto us. And so when the trial comes, the Spirit comes, and when the affliction comes, the Spirit comes, and tribulation has the blessed ministry of bringing us closer to God breaking us down, causing us to submit to his will, to his power, to his providence, and leading us to say, Lord, if this is the way it is to be with me, then I will be duly exercised by it, and I'll be a cripple the rest of my life. Oh, the acceptance of these things in the life of a believer as they come in the providences of God. You have to go out and have an all-night struggle with the Lord, many of you, before you get to the place. Now let me give you this third point. Do you know what the messenger of God, or the Lord himself, as he manifested himself to Jacob that night? You know, he tried to get loose from Jacob. They were struggling and as this thing moved on and Jacob began to realize what was going on, Jacob got to the place where he was holding on. He says, you've stricken me in the, in the thigh and I'm going to be crippled and I'm not going to turn loose of you. I'm going to hold on to you. And you know, Jacob said to the Lord, he says, I'm not going to turn loose of you. I've been with you. I've met you. I'm stricken. I know it. I'm not going to turn loose of you unless you bless me unless you bless me, Now, beloved, I want you to stop right here because we're digging down at just about as deeply as you can go into the heart of this man, Jacob. Now, I can't go very deeply into your heart and you can't go very deeply into mine. I'm glad you can. And I'm glad I can't see what's in yours because I'd be miserable if I did. We just can't get down into that area. But God And you can see these things, and I want you to see in Jacob. Jacob was mean. Jacob was all these things. But down in the deepest inner recess of Jacob's being, there was that devotion to the God of Abraham, which was first. It was there. You know, when God spoke to Jacob up in Haran and says, Go back down to the country of your fathers and I'll bless you. He okay. decided he'd obey the Lord, so he got up and he went. Of course, he sneaked off and ran off so Laban wouldn't know he was going, but he went, you see. And now we've got down here where Jacob is getting ready to face this great encounter with Esau on the mar. He doesn't know what in the world it's going to be. He doesn't know. Of course, God knows. But when it comes to this affliction and he is stricken in the thigh and Jacob won't turn loose, Jacob says, Lord, I will not turn loose to you unless you bless me. Jacob knew that he could not go ahead unless he had the blessing of God. And beloved, I say to every member of this church and every member listening to me anywhere in the radio audience, don't you attempt to go ahead unless you know you have the blessing of God. You must have the blessing of God on your life and on your home and on your church it is the blessing of god god lifts up and none can put down and god puts down and none can lift up and beloved it is god's goodness to you when he gives you gifts and gives you an abundance and he takes care of you and provides for you and has god's blessing been any better to any other church in this country than he's been to collingswood my how i want as i stand in this pulpit and as I expound to you the divine revelation, how I want the blessing of God upon the ministry that comes from this pulpit, How I want the blessing of God on everything that we're seeking to do. And Jacob said, Lord, you've afflicted me. That's all right, but I'm not going to turn loose of you until you give me the promise that you will bless me. That you will bless me. I think of my little Korean orphans and our little orphans and how we've come to know them. Who ever thought that we'd get into raising money for orphans? Who ever thought that we'd get mixed up in a, a great thing like this that's come about with all that's involved in the Far East and these? Who ever thought that anything like this would ever open up to us? I never. Never thought. But now that we've gotten into it, the blessings have come, the blessings have come. I had one of the members of the church come to me just before I went in the pulpit and hand me a nice envelope. And he says, this is our annual gift, Dr. McIntyre." And I says, oh, I thank you so. And my heart was just rejoiced. And he said, well, he says, Dr. McIntyre, he says, you, uh, we give the physical, we give the money. But he says, we take from you the spiritual blessing. And beloved, that is right. It's the spiritual blessings, the spiritual understanding, the spiritual comprehension. These things that have to do with money and the material possessions, they pass away, they're of a secondary level. And God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Lord, I'm not going to turn loose of you until I have the promise that you will give me a blessing. Now, beloved, I want to show you something else that goes very, very deep. God doesn't bless you because of your material possessions and your material consideration. Not for a moment. God blesses you for the spirit that he sees in that heart in relationship to what he has given you. That's where the blessing is money piles of it oh the treasures of the earth what are they well they belong to god what god wants is the free devoted gift of your heart that's what he wants and when he sees it he'll bless you for it i don't know whether i mentioned this in relationship to our great korean ministry but you know once you begin to get a reputation around the world that god is blessing and people are giving money then people come and they want money They think they can get some They think they can get some and they think if they just do this maybe they can get some no no it doesn't work that way that's not god's program that's not the way god works you know beloved when we went to korea in 59 and all these folks came out and took their stand They took their stand before they knew what they were going to get or what was coming afterwards. It's not anything to take your stand when everything's set up before you rosy. I'm going to be better off than it was before. Just step over here. We'll give you all the money you want. That's nothing. God wants to see in you and me a total dependence upon His promise, upon His word. Let's do right because it's right. He'll take care of the consequences. Let's stand for the Lord because it's the thing that he asks us to do. He'll take care of the rice bowls. He'll do that for us. And this is what God asked in Jacob and he signed. And when God heard Jacob say, Lord, I won't turn loose of you until you bless me. The Lord said, Jacob, what's your name? And I wonder how Jacob felt. Did Jacob want to tell him his name, that old mean fella? That mixed up in all these troubles because of what he did to his brother did Jacob want to tell him his name what would you do if the Lord asked you something what's your name would you be ashamed of it <laughs> how would you feel what's your name been wrestling with you all night the dawn's beginning to break and, and Jacob says I'm not going to turn loose of you until you bless me and the Lord says what's your name well I think Jacob probably was just a little bit ashamed to tell him what his name was Jacob i'm jacob the lord says well jacob now just wait from now on i'm going to change your name oh jacob you've been so changed oh you've grown so jacob you have put me first you've stood and struggled with me and i've afflicted you and all through these things now you've still wanted my blessing what do you think jacob would have done if when Jacob was afflicted and he smit his thigh, Jacob turned around and says, Is that the way you're going to treat me? I have nothing to do with anybody that afflicts me like this. I'm finished with God. That's what a lot of people say when the first little bit of affliction comes. They get up and say, Well, why did God do this to me? I don't like him. I'm going to leave him. No, Jacob didn't say that. Not at all. Oh, beloved, the world about us says, if God will be good to me and do this and do this and do this and do this, well, then maybe I'll be all right to God. Beloved, God's already done everything he'll ever do for you. He's done it in Jesus Christ. He sent him to be your Savior. He raised him from the dead. He wants you to believe in him. And he's told you that every blessing that he'll ever give to you will come through Jesus Christ. No, and God saw Jacob afflicted. He didn't, uh, Jacob didn't come back with any arguments or any excuse. He said, my name's Jacob. My name's Jacob. Oh my, you ought to be proud of your name as the years go by. It ought to be a name that means something, stands for something. Your name, a good name. A good name is rather to be chosen than the multitudes of riches and gold. And God said, Jacob, from now on, from now on, Jacob, your name's going to be changed to Israel. Israel. You're a prince. You've touched the depths of the spirit of man and you've put your soul on my side. You're a prince. You're going to be the leader of Israel and the twelve tribes will call you Israel. Thou hast power with God. You're going to have power with men. Oh, beloved, when God says, Who is it that gives men power with God? Who is it that has access to God? Oh, beloved, we can go into his presence in the name of Jesus Christ, confessing our sins and asking us to hate sin and to cleanse our hearts and let our hearts be open and tender to what the Spirit has to say to us. And then let's go on and do what God desires us to do as his children. We will have power with God. And then he says, I'll give you some power, I'll give you some influence with men." In the world in which you and I live, and in which I live, this world of the clergy, on every hand today, the clergy want power. They're going everywhere for power. We must have power. We call it power this and power that, and they want power. And they're going to get it in the political realm, in the social realm, in the revolutionary forces. It's power that men are after. God says to Jacob, from now on, Jacob, you're going to have power with me, and you're going to have power with God. Jacob I've seen your soul. I know that at the depths of your soul, way on down in there, you want my blessing first. You want my blessing above everything else. And oh, Jacob, I'm going to give you power. You can talk to me, Jacob. You can come to me now. You understand how I wrestle with you and how I deal with you. And from that moment on, Jacob was a stronger man, a clearer man. Jacob grew in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God says, Jacob, I'm going to give you greater power with men. And beloved, hadn't been to that struggle, I wouldn't have had that sermon today. Think of it, through the centuries. God deals with you alone. That's right. God deals with you in affliction. That's right. God Almighty deals with us in blessing. That's right. Oh, young man, ask God to take your life and use it. Ask God to take your life, young lady, and say, Lord, I want the fullest blessing you have to give. And I want it to be the spiritual blessing. I want it to be the fellowship which we have with the living God, which thou hast given us through thy Son, Jesus Christ. Jacob called the place. I've seen God face to face, and I have prevailed. God has delivered me. Let us pray. O oh, Father, we thank Thee for the word which is so penetrating. We thank Thee for Jesus Christ who is there. Because we live, He lives. And O oh, Father, we thank Thee that Jacob wrestled with God, and though he went through life a crippled man throughout all his years, thy blessing was upon him as never before. And he is our father, Jacob, our spiritual father, along with Abraham. For it was by grace and through faith that thou didst save him on the basis of the merits of the Messiah, the Redeemer, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. M number 177, 177. father wilt thou deal with us as thou dealt with jacob that we might have a blessing and at this christmas time may the blessings of heaven come down to us all save the unsaved call the young men to be preachers lord we need them some help us to carry on the work of the lord with thy favor for christ's sake we ask Thee. amen